know the power of the dark side. I'm not a baby, I'm a man. I am an anchor man. Is this a kissing book? The way I see it, if you're going to build a time machine into a car, why not do it with some style? Hello, welcome along to Just Like In The Movies, brought to you by gkmedia.ie. It is Series 5, and we were looking forward to launching Series 5 with sponsors on board. We were going to renew our sponsorship with iCinema Galway, and also we were going to announce that Club Orange was on board as a new sponsor. But then everything went belly up thanks to COVID-19, so all the cinemas are closed. There's no new movies coming out. But we thought, why not just get together and chat about what's going on at the moment and what's streaming and so on. So delighted, as always, to be joined by Lisa Tracy. Good evening. Can you hear me? And Dave Point. We can hear you, Lisa. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Nice to be back on the airwaves. So I suppose I should <laughs> clarify for listeners that we're being very good. We're social distancing. So we're doing all this online. So there's might be delays, there might be uh, technical issues, but we'll do our best to put a podcast together for you. How is everyone getting on at the moment? Uh, fine. I, I'm grand. I mean, it's, you know, a little bit of cabin fever. Uh, I miss I miss going to the movies. I got to be honest. Uh, I miss I miss the fact that there is a James Bond movie in existence on planet Earth right now. And I haven't seen it. That's actually eating oh, wow. up inside. I mean, I'm grand. I mean, you know, everybody's given out and unhappy and wants to get a haircut and a burger and a pizza and all these things. And Americans are going around with their guns. But, you know, if we're saving lives, which we are, and keeping ourselves safe. I mean, I have lung conditions. So if I get this virus, it'll be serious for me. So I'm just staying at home. And, you know, we have the Internet and we have Netflix and we can talk about that. And, you know, I think we actually have it a lot better than we realize. And People during things like World War II had it a lot worse than we do. So I'm grand, to be honest with you. Absolutely. And speaking of the internet, Dave, that gives me uh, a chance to plug our new website for Just Like in the Movies, jlitmovies.ie. It depends how quickly you listen to this podcast, but we are running a competition at the moment where we're giving away Frozen 2 on DVD. We've quite a few copies to give away. So head over to our website, jlitmovies.ie, if you want to enter that competition. So Lisa, Mm -hmm. Bond has been pushed back to November 13th. We know that that is fairly traumatic for Dave. Is there anything that has been postponed at the moment due to COVID-19 that you're a little bit miffed about? Not a single thing. Oh, hold on. Never mind. Top Gun. That was the main thing. (laughs) Oh, Top Gun. I miss you, Lisa Tracy. I really, really miss you. I know. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be oily. I like it. What age is Tom Cruise now? He's 4,000. Age age does not matter. He's a vampire. He's a vampire. He's like 4,000 years old and he looks like he's 35. He does. So if you saw a 90-year-old man getting oiled up, would you be licking your lips? Oh, gross. That's not about the machines flying machines okay okay <laughs> what what do we think about what has happened because i'd say cinemas are getting a little bit nervous when the likes of trolls emma the invisible man are just going straight to on demand where people who can just pay x amount of money to watch it on their skybox or on their apple tv or their smart tv or whatever i mean could this be the way it's going to go now where uh, studios are just releasing movies straight to on-home demand. Seeing movies on s- small screen is not the same. I mean, we love the cinema. That's why we're here talking to you. And that's why we have viewership and listenership, because people love cinema. And the experience of sitting in the cinema with a big screen, big sound, popcorn in hand, bottle of Club Orange, we'll give them a plug anyway. Uh, you know, 
bucket of club orange in your hand and you're happy out and the experience it, it, like watching a movie is not the same as a cinema experience so i think that a lot of people and a lot of industries will move i wouldn't be investing in a new cinema anytime soon because cinema is a, a dying art form it's never going to die completely it's never going to disappear in my opinion you know to mm-hmm. quote charlton heston you know from my cold dead hand they'll have to take the popcorn off me but I think in the medium term, I think people will be reluctant to go back to the cinema. I think when things get back to normal, once we have this virus in the rearview mirror, hopefully, uh, I think cinemas will come back with a bang because people love the experience. But I don't see, I just can't get bring myself to believe that, you know, production houses and, uh, you know, studios are going to just continue to release things uh, on streaming services because I'm happy to go to the movies pay my ticket, buy my popcorn, my hot dog and my drink and spend, you know, 20 euro, 25 euro and have a night out. <laughs> but if I see a streaming service and like, oh, a brand new movie and it's like 12 euros, I'm like, what? 12 euros to sit in my own house? No, thanks. Yeah, yeah. You know, I just, I don't know what it is. I'm just not prepared to spend 12 euros to watch a new movie. Yeah, I noticed that with The Invisible Man and Trolls. I went online because I, w- I wanted to see The Invisible Man and there was a young lady in her house who wanted to watch Trolls and not being a miser, but when I logged on and saw the price and I was like ah come on just to sit down on my own worn out bucket of a couch mm, yeah <laughs> Pay that. there's two issues that I suppose cinemas are facing now at the moment we can analyze what's going on in China in terms of the recovery <laughs> compared to what we expect might be happening down the road for those in Ireland and mainland Europe in the coming months but a few months maybe about a month ago at this stage China actually opened up their cinemas, uh, I think it was on a Friday or something, to test it out. And pretty much by Sunday, they ended up closing the cinemas again because people weren't going. So it will be a slow process, as you're saying, Dave. I suppose the other issue is we're not going to get any good movies in Ireland or the UK until North America is up and running again because they're going to make sure the big movies come out there at the same time, if not first, before they come over across the Atlantic. So we kind of there's two scenarios. We're waiting until really we can compare that China mm. are comfortable and that people are going to watch movies there, and at the same time that North America is up and running economically and ple- people can go to the cinema there as well. About two weeks ago, I was actually thinking about watching um, the Invisible Man, and I thought, will I don't will I you know stream it? And it was like I think it was like twelve euros or sixteen euros, and I just couldn't bring myself to click on it. And, you know, I'm lucky I, I get to work from home. My finances haven't been affected by this coronavirus thus far. So I can afford to spend 16 euros on a movie if I choose to. But there was something in my name, as you said, Gary, like, I'm like, I have to provide my own chair, my own heat and my own screen, my own TV. And my, you know, the glory is you can press pause and you can have a cup of tea and whatever. But it's not the same experience. People say, have you seen this and have you seen that? And it's on Netflix. And I'm like, yeah, I don't. If it's on Netflix, then it means I can have it yeah. anytime I want. It's there all the time. So I don't get excited about it. There's no event. There's no, you know, I'm going to the movies. And that's what I love. I love to go to the movies, see the cinema staff, see my friends, often have friends with me mm. and myself and Lisa go to the cinema all the time together. And, um, you know, various friends of mine, and we sit, we chat, then you talk about the movie afterwards. And it's an event. It's a night out. You're out of the house. You're in the cinema. You you turn off your phone. If you're a proper cinephile, you turn off your phone. You put it on airport mode. You engross yourself in the movie. You're really in it. Whereas if you're sitting on your couch in the familiar surroundings of your couch where you spend most of your time scrolling through Instagram or Facebook and, you know, whatever else you're doing on the couch. 
it's not the same. I don't know. Yeah, the things you can do on the couch that you don't do in a cinema, it's not right. Well, not these days, but when I was a young lad, different story, you know. Um, <laughs> what about the film festivals as well? Because we know that there's movies postponed coming out, that cinemas are affected, that a lot of TV programs have shut down. Cannes, Galway Film Fla, it's all up in the air, is it? I think Cannes was pushed back to July so far, I think, but I'd say that's gone. I mean, I just can't see how they're going to open because... You know, I mean, as much and all as we want them to be there, uh, and along with so many other things in the world, we want them to be in existence and, you know, sporting events and, you know, Formula One and the Olympics. And like, if the Olympics is cancelled and Formula One is cancelled, then I think film festivals will be cancelled. No offence no offense to film festivals, but in terms of financial outlay and jobs and economic uh, um, input and output, uh, film festivals are like small fries compared to the Olympics and Formula One and other sporting events. So I just can't see them as much What's as I want them. You know, ever a better time for Disney Plus to be launched in Ireland? Almost too good a time. Oh God, no! I mean, I, I, I I'd almost kind of wonder <laughs> the conspiracy theorists will be summarizing this, but apparently. It uh, they got something they were expecting to get. I know I don't have the figures in front of me. They were expecting to get, let's say, fifty million subscribers over two years, and they got something wow. like forty million in three weeks because of the coronavirus. So I mean, the Disney people are literally swimming in money right now because everybody just it, it was a perfect storm for them. It was um, it was just uncanny timing, and uh, I'm sure the conspiracy theorists will say that. Mickey Mouse himself fabricated the coronavirus just to get us all to click on it, even though I haven't subscribed yet. You subscribed, Lisa, didn't you? I watched some classics. I'm really looking forward to is National Treasure 3, which is coming out hopefully next year, but you know, it could be 2022. Uh, I think they're working out at the moment. I also watched uh, the greatest movie from the 80s, Three Men and a Bit, and followed that by another Three Men and a Little Lady. I've seen all the Avengers movies, I did watch a classic episode of The Simpsons. And uh, yeah, so it was basically a trip down nostalgia lane was my Disney Plus experience. I'm holding off until I get bored with everything I have. And then I'll have a look at Disney Plus. Uh... Like there's a huge amount of content on Disney Plus, And you have the likes of Simpsons and stuff that Lisa was saying. But it's not it's not a Netflix in the sense of you. Have, and I know Netflix is probably twice the price really of what Disney Plus is. But it's much yeah, but Netflix are making new stuff. Yeah. I mean, the only new thing on Disney Plus, as far as I'm aware, is The Mandalorian. Now that's not going to be cheap, but they're made. Yeah. So you pay your twelve quid a month, and they take that money, they put it, you know, they put certain amount of it into the hands of producers, and they make new stuff. Disney are just cashing in. They've got all this stuff on the shelf in the back of the office, metaphorically speaking, and they're just going plugging yeah. it in here. We've seen everything, mm-hmm. as Lisa said. There's classic movies and there's nostalgia and there's stuff and the Simpsons. I mean, I've probably all the good episodes of the Simpsons up to season 10 or 15 or whatever. Everybody will have their different seasons. I've probably seen all those episodes at least a hundred times each. At least I could recite them by name. Like if you show me a screenshot of a Simpsons episode, Mm. I could probably recite most of the episode for you. So to pay $6.99 a month to watch (laughs) the Simpsons. You know, I have Sky. I pay Sky every month and they have The Simpsons going all the time. So if you have Sky Cinema, a lot of the Disney movies. Yeah, I mean, until Disney's contracts with other outlets expire and Sky doesn't Sky One doesn't doesn't have The Simpsons anymore. And then The Simpsons are producing new stuff and it's only available on Disney Plus. 
and they make new Avengers movies mm. and they don't have a license to go anywhere else except for Disney Plus, then they'll have a their viewerships will go up. But if you can, as you said, if you have other um, avenues for to get this content, you'll get it. I mean, if you if you look at Netflix's original stuff, like that's well, like House of Cards isn't on Channel Four or BBC <laughs> or ITV or anything anywhere else. And I mean, I, yeah. I the only subscription service that I just uh, got onto recently was um, Amazon Prime, and I watched Star Trek Picard, which uh, is not available anywhere else at the moment. I mean, the, the previous Star Trek movie, Star Trek Discovery, Star Trek series, Star Trek Discovery, which I watched the first season of was brilliant. Second season, I just, you know, I just haven't had a chance to get into it. But that is now coming on stream, I believe, on Channel 4. So Channel 4 now have it, but they have it, you know, a year and a half after it was broadcast on Netflix. So Netflix makes stuff. You can only get it in Netflix. Therefore, it's worth your money. And what was Picard like? It was kind of like what Lisa said. It was nostalgic. I just did it because I was like, okay, I want to see what Jean-Luc Picard is doing. It was good. It was a good, solid bit of new world building, but it was kind of more of the same. And it was a little, the climactic episode was a little bit meh for me. It was like, eh, it's like a good episode of Star Trek Generation, Next Generation. Like it's a good, very high production values. Um, You know, you had a lot of cameos. You had, you know, Data makes an appearance, even though he's he died in the last movie. But is he not dead? He is dead. Flashbacks, science fiction, anything can happen. Uh, Commander Riker, um, you know, and loads of people from the old series made a little appearance to make you go, oh, yeah. And again, you know, spoiler alert here, people at the very end of the very last episode, he's kind of standing on this small little ship with his new crew that he's accumulated. And what does he say? Anybody? Can anybody guess what he says? Uh, to infinity and beyond. <laughs> Ah, you're disgraceful, the two of you. He says, engage. And you oh. kind of go, oh, yeah. And then it's like, you know, that's it. It's just a pastiche. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a pastiche of Star Trek. And I got to be honest, I'm curious about The Mandalorian. So in a couple of weeks, I mm-hmm. might invest in Disney Plus for a couple of weeks and dig into The Mandalorian and see if it's any good. Well, with Apple TV, if you buy a new iPhone or iPad or whatever, you get 12-month subscription to Apple TV, if anyone is thinking of yeah, I got a new iPad from I got a new iPad there a few months ago and I got it and I was thinking, oh great, I went in and nothing. There's nothing. It's what about nothing. the morning show? Yeah, I'm not gonna watch that crap. Sorry. But like you see movies and like, ooh, and you click on it and it's like three ninety nine. It's like, hold on, I'm already paying for the app. Like when you go to Netflix, you click on something, it's you watch it. You don't get yeah. another paywall. Mm-hmm. You know, paywall behind a paywall is ridiculous. Like you gotta pay now obviously they give you a free subscription for the year, they're trying to get you in. But that's an introductory offer. But if you were paying Apple TV, whatever it is, eight, ten euros, whatever it is, a month, and that's a paywall, then you get inside the paywall, and then there's another paywall mm. for every little piece of content has a different price. I mean, if you walked into Dunn's and they say, "Well, it's a tenner to get in," <laughs> and then you can go shopping, you'd say, "Good luck," you know, simple as that. After fourteen months, I signed up again for Netflix, and I got to watch The Irishman finally. Being a big De Niro and Scorsese fan. <laughs> Lisa's still asleep from that. I, I was expecting it to be a lot worse after Lisa's review. Oh. For me, it was the nostalgia. I liked the slowness of it because it showed the slowness of the age of, you know, recanting the events that took place by the character that De Niro played. But I just thought the CGI destroyed the movie. Yeah, Absolutely. it was terrible. It was cheap. It was cheap. No offense to the people who did it, but 
you weren't paid enough and there are other people out there who could do it much better than you, but they're more expensive. And Netflix cheaped out on it big time. I mean, I've I seen mean, people on like YouTube, you know, who don't work for big production houses who've done it better. You know, but they, they decided to change the color of De Niro's eyes, which I don't think really would have bothered an audience. But there's parts where when he moves his head slightly, you can actually see the color disappear. And then he'd move the head back and it'd go back to blue eye. Yeah, it's cheap. And the part, he goes to a local shop. I, I can't remember, was it a baker or something like that? And pulls the guy out of the store to give him a kicking on the ground. Mm, yeah. And De Niro could hardly stand on one leg, even though it's supposed to be a young De Niro in his 20s or early 30s, trying to beat this lad up. He could barely stand on one leg, let alone kick the man on the ground. It's yeah, a bit ridiculous. But I mean, it's, uh, here's, yeah, it is a bit ridiculous. You're right, yeah. Lisa. But it's, here's the thing, Gary. Um, again, it was a nostalgia thing. I like the pace of the movie as well, but the CGI took you out. Like when you go mm. and sit down and watch a movie of any description, you suspend your disbelief. And if there's an effect or something, or you can see the wires to, you know, go back to old sci-fi movies, that takes you out of, that brings you back, that you, you find it hard to suspend your disbelief. So you're looking at it going, I know that that's a CGI version of Robert De Niro, because I know Robert De Niro doesn't look like that. Yeah. So I don't know, I think they might have been better served getting a young actor to play the younger guys. Absolutely. And yeah. cut to... You know, cut to Robert De Niro sitting in the in the old folks' home telling the story, and maybe m have more of that. I just think this de aging thing uh, is a waste of time and unnecessary. And I mean, when we first saw it with the X Men movies, when they de aged Jean Luc Picard, as we were just talking about him a few yeah. minutes ago, and Ian McKellen, that was again pointless and unnecessary. And you know, what's the point? Just get some young actors in to play them, which they subsequently did in the reboot movies. And it turned out great. Once upon a time in America, I, you know, I think it works perfectly there. The young James Woods, the young De Niro. Yeah. And, you know, you can figure out who's who yeah. when they go from them being young or being older. That's what acting is, people. You don't have to bring in the CGI people. If you need a dinosaur, you can't really get a dinosaur. Mm. You've got to make them up CGI. Yeah. But if you need, if you have an old actor who's brilliant and you want to tell them a story about when they were young, get a young actor to portray them. Simple as that. And this de-aging, it's, it's absolute nonsense, if you ask me. A waste of time. So, anyways, I thought that was something traumatic to watch on Netflix. And then my kind of arm was twisted to watch a new show called Too Hot to oh. Handle, which is basically, <laughs> it, to a degree, and I hope I don't get any uh, solicitor's letters, it's very much like a, a version of Love Island. It's 10 young hot singles from around the world, including a girl from Ireland, from oh, Cork, Christ. who come together to a tropical paradise. Okay, it's, but it's like 100 times the budget for Love Island. And they all think they're there to just make out, hook up, have loads of fun until the twist, which Someone's is... Someone's going to die. That 100, <laughs> no, 100 grand is up for grabs, but they can't kiss. They can't... There's no heavy petting. There's no self-gratification of any kind. If there is, like a kiss is worth $3,000. So in the first couple of episodes, there's couple of kisses that's six grand gone straight away from the pot <laughs> riveting stuff folks so it's basically reverse prostitution <laughs> that's what i'm hearing it's like you can have all this money if you don't prostitute yourself <laughs> that's what i'm hearing it's about finding deeper relationships oh, stop it, Gary. but why don't they have some people with depth on the show then <laughs> not definition of their boobs or their ass or their abs or whatever but like human depth personality and love and trust not look at my fake tan 
the world is in trouble. Like we we have to deal with coronavirus, people. We don't need to be making things worse by producing quote unquote TV shows like this. Really, really. In fairness, I have to thank Lisa as well for taking the time to get involved in today's podcast, considering she's coming from the middle of the Sahara. Nah. Uh, so. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, Gary. There, I'll get yeah. a proper microphone. <clears throat> Poor Brian Denny. It was sad that we lost him there during the week. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he was a great. Easy, God easy. love him. No he was way. a great actor. I mean, for me, he is one of the things that is so good about First Blood. I mean, you know, he, you know, when Rambo at the beginning he gets harassed by Brian Dennery's character, and uh, Brian Dennery is he's he's a good cop, but he's just mm. trying to he's in a hick town. He's trying to do what the hicks want him to do in the town, and you know, it's a famous scene where um, uh, Troutman says. If you're going after John Rambo, you better remember one thing. And Brian Denny's like, what's that? And Troutman says, a good supply of body bags. You know, <laughs> classic stuff, you know. But look, we'll uh, we'll join up again next week and we'll kind of, seems like we're all isolated. Well, we're not sick isolating, but we are in lockdown. We can't really do that much except kind of watch TV, bake and do some power holes and <laughs> yeah i actually have a tv show that i'm watching and i want to talk about it next week but i won't tell you about it now i'll i'll leave our listeners to imagine what it is it's i'll give you a hint it's currently season three it's on tv like old-fashioned television not streaming it's a sci-fi series oh, I and know it, I know season it, I know four has been already greenlit and it is fabulous i'm really enjoying it and i will definitely talk about it next week Excellent, because I watched a trailer for it because yeah. one, of, one of the actors from it was on with Graham Norton last week. And I'm actually going to start watching season one. Have you watched any of it? Dave, you don't know the trauma in my house. We watch an episode and then someone decides that they want to watch Kardashians the next <laughs> night instead of following through with the show. And then if I go and watch episode two, uh, I get an earful because I carried on watching it, even though really I know that that other person in the house didn't want to watch it. Oh, for legal reasons, she'll remain nameless. <laughs> yeah. So th- there's like loads of <laughs> Hey, you married her, baby. But come here, seriously, we won't tell the viewers. We let pe- anybody listening can guess what it is. But honestly, the first season of this show that I'm talking about is the best first season of te- it's the best season of television I've ever seen in my life. Good. Ever the first season, second season is was good, and now the third season has been a big shift change, a big change of tone, and everything, and it's really thickening. It's like a good soup; it's just thickening nicely, and it's like, oh, this is getting better. And uh, I'll really, I'm going to get into more detail next week, so I'm looking forward to it. Brilliant. Just to say as well, Len Abrahamson's Normal People new TV series uh, it starts on BBC Three this week. It's going to be on RT, and it's going to be on. Hulu USA as well towards the end of April. So do go and check that out. And if you're married or if you're not even married, but you have children and you're trying to balance family life at the moment, check out Breeders as well. Uh, It's on Sky and it's hilarious. And I think you'll connect with a lot of the storylines in it. Dave Coyne, thanks for joining us. Pleasure as always. Lisa Tracy, thank you for joining us. here. R2-D2. <laughs> Thanks to the Lisa Tracy Bosch for joining us. <laughs> we love you, Lisa. We love you, Lisa. Lisa's going to invest in either broadband or a microphone, but we look forward to talking to you next week again for episode two, series five of Just Like in the Movies. Make sure you check out our website as well, jlitmovies.ie. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.